This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello and welcome to Line Dance Podcast with Megan Barcelia and Christopher Gonzalez. We are still continuing our reflections on Pikes Peak Line Dance or Bust 2019, the event held in Colorado Springs by Cheryl and Dave Bingham. Before we get into the very early morning that was Saturday, as we partly described in the previous episode, we'd like to remind you to put in your votes on Line Dancer, linedancerweb.com. You can vote for your favorite dances, as I believe they have just about all of them up somewhere in the database, and those votes go toward nominations in the Crystal Boot Awards held every year in January in Blackpool, England. So vote for your favorite dances, keep them up to date, re-vote every 30 days or so on LineDancerWeb.com. Also, if you have been teaching anything especially exciting and interesting, and you would like to keep track of that in a list form, go to kickit.to. You can make lists of dances you've learned, dances you have taught, and all of these are organizable Well, first of all, alphabetically, but also by calendar day. So you can see when you did what. You can collect it all in a giant list. And through that list, World Dance Instructor Survey can collate massive amounts of data about what is being taught where, how many people are teaching each of these dances, and what you can generally expect will go over well in your class. So make sure to go over to kickit.to, make those lists, keep them up to date, and then send your lists into the World Dance Instructor Survey. It's also nice with something like Kickit because you have the list right there at your fingertips of dances you know. So when you're out dancing and you're trying to remember something that you want to request or something that you might know, which hopefully in a future episode we will teach you Mm -hmm. how to create your very own cheat sheet. And you can have a quick reference to dances that are at your disposal and fingertips right there with your smartphone because Kickit has that list accessible to you. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to dig through our archives here at Line Dance Podcast, you can go to linedancepodcast.com and browse old episodes and see what kind of crazy line dance related things we have discussed and also see who we have interviewed over the the past several years it'll also give you an idea of our take on different events or even we have a playlist breakdown for i'm going to say 99 percent of our events that we attend and this way you can get an idea of what dances are danced at that particular event Mm-hmm. Also, if you happen to like dance-related podcasts that sometimes mention line dance once or twice, check out Country Soul, spelled S-O-L-E, like the soul of your boot. Country Soul on Facebook. They host the Country Soul podcast, and the man behind the mic there is Byron Roberson, also known as BJ, to his friends. Country Soul on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, if you're looking for the podcast. It's got thousands and thousands of followers and all kinds of great content, including some of Byron's own choreography. Check that out at your leisure. All right, back to Pike's Peak. Woohoo! Woo! So, as mentioned, we started the day very early with Joe's welcome and warm up from 8.50 to 9 a.m. Then John taught great spirit in the main ballroom, and Joe taught beginner technique. In the other ballroom. These ballrooms actually have technical names. One is the Teller slash Park slash Pueblo room for improver, intermediate, and advanced dances. And the other was the Douglas slash El Paso ballroom for a beginner and advanced beginner dances. Now, with Joe's beginner technique, I knew that I probably wasn't going to officially take physically mm-hmm. because I have been in a couple of her technique classes, but I knew I wanted to hear the refresher. So I went in and I sat in and listened to how she described things and how she broke things down and different exercises that she used to explain different ways of executing technique. And for instance, you know, the beginner dancer starts dancing with their feet and as you improve in dancing, you move up to your core And you start working on your core and then you'll expand into your arms and so on and so forth. 
and that's really where it starts and moves towards so I knew like some of what she had to say but it's nice getting the refresher information so that when I go through and I start teaching I can maybe take little snippets of what she's explained or how to execute something properly or how to warm them up for example and I can implement that into my own lessons to have a more well-rounded lesson. Mm -hmm. um, I know you were in there as well. Uh, was there any difference or similar reasoning as to why you were in the class? Well, I, I actually described this, I think, to Raymond and Joanne, who were also sitting in. I would go anywhere Joe happened to be because she's just that glowing light of a person. I would go to an event where she might be on staff. I would go into a walk-in closet and see a cool pair of shoes if she thought that it would be important for my life to see that, that pair. I believe in Joe so much and the good that she spreads that is in her heart. And I knew that anything she had to say in this beginner technique class um, had the potential to benefit my own movement to music as well as add to my repertoire of things I can pass on to students of mine. One of the things that I noticed as we were sitting with Raymond Sarlemagne and Joanne Brady, who were also on staff, was that they were learning things. And Raymond knows all kinds of technique tips he taught a higher level technique class on Sunday, but even he was watching what she was isolating and like ooing and eyeing and, and mentioning how impressive it is that she's able to do these things and then watching and smiling at the dancers who were then able to follow her lead. What this made me think with the generalized principle or, or thought topic that this gave me to chew on was that if you are on staff at an event, Think not only necessarily of what you can offer the dancers, but what you can offer the other people on staff. Because you might go to an event as an instructor and you might think, okay, well, I'm here for everyone else, but I'm not really here for me. I'm not going to learn anything. I already know my dances. I already know the dances that the instructors are going to teach. And then we're going to go to open social dance and... That'll, that'll maybe be something I can groove to if the playlist goes in the direction of my requests, or maybe not. You know, maybe I'll just be socializing. But in any event, this is not an event for me to grow and change as a person because I am an instructor and I know all. Boo. Right, yeah. So if, if, you, if you go in expecting that you can't learn anything and you have nothing special to offer, then no one will learn from anyone else because yeah. you'll all just be teaching steps. Steps and merely the steps. And you can learn steps from a step sheet. That's what they're there for. If you have something that you can bring or that you're even considering bringing that's different from just what can be taught from a video or step sheet, talk to the event directors and let them know you know a couple things about technique. You've, you've had enough experience that you're confident in sharing that with other people. And that's the sort of thing that incentivizes attendance at events. Not just printing out a sheet for five cents at the library, but spending the money necessary to travel to a, a part of the country you might otherwise never be in for any reason and stay in a nice fancy hotel and, you know, have the ice cream social experience with everyone. You will, you will do all of these things for a class you cannot get anywhere else. Those right. classes are really based on what the individual instructors believe that they can bring. And yes, for some it's technique, but what if yours is Spotify? What if yours is teaching people how to use Spotify to organize their music? Or Facebook. Or Facebook. <laughs> what if it's teaching people how to share your content tactfully through social media so that people are exposed to, let's say, your dances mm -hmm. or your newest music video or a costume that you've made for an event? without bombarding people with so much information that they don't want to look at it anymore. There's so many things that you may be able to share with your peers on the staff 
that you don't know they could really benefit for, from. Mm-hmm. So consider that when you are hired on to an event. I, I don't want to necessarily speak for Joe, but I imagine she goes into events wondering what else she can do. Not just say, oh, I'm here to collect a paycheck and leave, because that is absolutely not Joe's way. Like She looks for the next thing that she can do with a little bit of extra time or with just a little bit more effort she can really amp this up to the x degree right that is how she shows up to events and that's what makes me want to show up to her events wherever she is you can be that person for somebody who's thinking about going to your event where you will be on stuff yeah that's definitely one of the examples that i don't know if she does just naturally mm without thinking about it or something that she genuinely just cares that much about Mm -hmm. that she wants to make sure that she is just giving whatever she possibly can wherever she can when it comes to the events that I have admired and tried to emulate in my own way is the how how can I bring more Mm -hmm. how much more can I help what else can I offer that I am capable of of doing at these events because I love these events and I love the people that I meet at these events and I want these events to continue. Yes. And it's heartbreaking to know that events don't always make it. Yeah. And I asked myself, what more could I have done? And especially as someone who is blessed by being asked to instruct at said event, I feel like there's even more of my responsibility to ensure that this event continues on further and I need to do my part because, again, I want to keep going to these events because I love them. Mm -hmm. And I think Joe is an exceptional human being and an outstanding role model and the best thing we can do is follow her example, but make it our own. Mm-hmm. That's a good way of putting that. I like that. After her beginner and also other life skills technique class, we had 10 a.m. Joanne teaching Redneck Life. And in the other ballroom, Christopher Gonzalez teaching Party in the Back. Party. Bom, bom, bom. And Back in Your Heart. Woo-hoo. Back in Your Heart. I enjoyed both of those teaches. We were able to dance those dances to all of the possible song options. Party in the Back uh, having three options to its name, one of which being Party by Offenbach versus Lack of Afro featuring Herbal Tea and Wax, also including the senior-friendlier option of In the Cool, Cool, Cool of the Evening by Frank Sinatra. And Tore Back by Moonshine Bandits for the country bar crowd. If you put parts of the titles together, you get Party in the... Cool, cool, cool of the evening. Tore Back. Party in the back. Yeah. Uh, After that, we did Back in Your Heart to the song Oh Baby by Seizo, S-E-I-Z-O. I think that's how you pronounce it. And we did not dance it to the country song option of Swamp Dancing by Cowboy Troy that we used at Stagecoach, California's Country Music Festival 2019. <clears throat> yeah, I thought Party in the Back was a really, really good choice for one of the first beginner dances, first thing, Saturday morning, uh, because it's extremely accessible it's fun it's energizing and i mean you are without a doubt a special instructor you have so much fun in your classes and people are constantly laughing and having a good time and smiling and there's just such an energy that is just it's just zinging through the whole room and it's so much fun to be a part of that and I think with the fact that you picked these two songs or these two dances to go together complemented each other really well for that energy. Hmm. So I stayed to help you with Party in the Back and Back in Your Heart. But after you danced Back in Your Heart one time through, I started preparing for my next lesson. But I know you had further things that you did in that class. 
Did I? Well, just going through the different dances or the different song options. Ah, yes. Well, with Back in Your Heart, I did uh, reprise the strategy that I used at Stagecoach of teaching to the front wall and then doing our quarter turn with the jazz box and then starting over from the nine o'clock wall, starting from the top of the dance. That way our quarter turn would take us to the front wall. From there, I just taught the rest of the dance because we're already facing the front, might as well. Uh, Party in the back was a super quick teach. I did it first as a one wall dance to In the Cool, Cool, Cool of the Evening. I believe it's under two minutes, the entire song. And then we did it as a four wall dance with the slight adjustment to make it four wall. And we did that to party. And then I gave a warning that there would be some bar language. And I think that I did that uh, as the last dance through of the day, just to review Party in the Back. Yes. So that was after Back in Your Heart. I let everyone know, because there were some kids there. There will be words that aren't darn, and there will be words to describe the bottom side of a human person. I tried to talk over those parts in the song as best I could with, you know, um, ostensibly just directions on what we're doing on that wall. It's, you know, it's a hip, 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 hip. No, I was actually not calling anything until we got to the swears, and then I decided that was a really good time to remind them what the steps were. It's a nice way to edit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was looking forward to my 11 to 11.50 a.m. class. It is my new dance. I'm so hot, hot, hot co-choreographed with the wonderful and talented and ever so adorable Miss Rebecca Lee. And I have learned that the more I teach this dance, the more I look forward to teaching it again. Mm. I love the energy of this dance. I love the movements. I like the kooky fun parts with the fanning and... I like the fact that it's a three-wall dance because that's very me and Rebecca. And I think that the teach went over really well for being probably the second time I've taught it. And I, I'm just really glad that the people who took the lesson seemed to really, really enjoy it. It was, there was a little pressure and I'm glad she was in the room. But there was a little pressure with having Joe take my lesson. No pressure at all, I swear. <laughs> um, because I look up and admire her so much that I definitely wanted to have a good job and represent what I want to represent to her um, as eloquently as I could. And I got occasionally a little distracted by the fact that she was in the class. But that is my fault, not hers. So um, I thought there was a couple questions asked that were really good questions that I was really glad that the people were brave enough to ask. And that's something that I've learned that we need to figure out a better way as instructors to get the beginners to ask questions. I think they're a little bit intimidated thinking they're the only one asking it and I know Ruben Luna has a, a wonderful story on how to get people to ask questions and I need to find my own little antidote for that but I really 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 enjoyed teaching this one I had fun um I definitely enjoyed the fact that I didn't feel like I was going to fall off the stage while teaching it the way I did with Devils in the Canyon um, because there was a couple big drag backs or drags to the side and Devils that I had to be very aware of my spacing whereas I'm so hot it's very slotted in certain ways that it moves but um, I don't know I just I felt like that was a really good energized class and they picked up on the dance really, really, really quickly. I had two out of the three youngins in my class. And when I say youngins, they were probably like 10 to 13 years old. There was Addison, Bella, and Cameron um, for the whole weekend. 
and they're on a dance team back home. And I remember at one point I was describing the last four walks of A and I said, you can strut it. And I pointed to the little girls and I said, you girls, you got this. Show me the attitude. And sure enough, they brought their A game and it was a lot of fun um, with lots of snaps and arm movements and, you know, just that fun, youthful energy. And I think that really added to it as well. And I'm so grateful they were there this weekend. There's something about that youthful energy that um, I get charged off of. So I guess I can understand why people are excited when they call us kids too. Because, well, I mean, I know you have energy for days, so there's that. But what uh, I wanted to actually, before I get too far into this, I want to thank you for the help that you did in my classes. Because although you didn't do any like wall leading or anything like that, having you DJ and slow down the music and speed it up gradually made it a lot easier for me to focus on my students and really watching where they were struggling. So I want to thank you for that. That made it a lot easier. You're welcome. Um, And I I really valued your contribution. There was one fellow who asked for a more macho walk. How would he walk strongly while the the girls are doing their sassy? And uh, I went for like a, a slow swagger. And then you mentioned that the music is going to be faster than that. So then I went for Sassy. But I think Joe had the best tip, yes. which was uh, what, asking him whether he knows who Guyton Mundy is. And then walking a little like him, being like, how would he walk? Right. I think that was a, a, very, uh, a very visual example because Guyton has a style about him. Yes, and you, he does. you can quickly imagine how he would walk with strength down a sidewalk. Right. Um, I, I definitely appreciate that uh, because it was like, I didn't know how to explain that being a woman, <laughs> how to walk like a man, because mm. it's not generally something that comes up for me. <laughs> maybe, so. maybe instead of choreographing to the song Being a Woman or Good Time Being a Woman, you could have choreographed to Walk Like a Man by <laughs> Frankie Valley. Right. Yeah. So um, after that, at the same hour as me, we had Raymond teaching fading. Mm-hmm in the beginner uh in the beginner room Mm -hmm. and then 12 to 12 45 you had jill teaching down to the roots and where i was located because i i've taken a private lesson from john robinson and i'm not kidding when i say i felt like i didn't know how to walk afterwards And I am even still to this day, I took it two years ago, still to this day, I am almost self-conscious dancing Dizzy next to John Robinson because he had me use Dizzy as my dance so he can look at my technique and go from there. But I went to his Technique Secrets of the Stars class and I'm so glad I did. You even took notes. You're a very good student. You had bullet points. And, I did, uh, and I even Doc. I even cheated because I shared them with you. That's true. I got to copy off your notes. <laughs> but um, tell me some of the things that you felt or heard or anything from that class there, and then well, I'll go over my notes. I mentioned some of them in uh, the previous one of the previous episodes, uh, but uh, one of the ones that he introduced as a new tip was the example of having money that somebody else from across the room wants to grab. First he would tell, this was describing how to walk from your core, walking with intention. Uh, He had the room split up, each facing the other as if they were going to joust each other face to face. And he told one side of the room without telling them where he was going with this. He said, walk to the other side. And introduce yourself. Yeah, they just kind of walked hesitantly. They weren't really sure what they were, how they were supposed to be walking, what they were supposed to be doing. So they moved kind of slowly. And then to the other side, he had them imagine that one of the people on the side that had the walkers uh, originally had money in, uh, in one hand and whoever could walk to the other side and grab it from her first without running would get to keep the money. Yep. And suddenly everyone was walking with intention yep. and purpose and leading from a strong core. And that was a, a great way to demonstrate through their movements 
what he wanted to communicate. Not just having him do everything and show everything, but having them act it out. I thought that was powerful. Yeah. So some of my notes, it starts with a bullet point from moving with your cord. It talks about splitting the floor in half. And before he had the, the money example, he broke down where your core is so that you can idea of like where your center of gravity is. He talks about having your feet slightly shoulder width apart. He talks about not stepping outside your shoulders. Put your weight, my favorite one so far is put your weight completely center. Mm -hmm. Now without shifting your weight, pick up one foot. Mm -hmm. You can't, it's impossible. So then he says, okay, put your weight on your right foot and pick up your left foot. And if you have to shift even further to do that, then you didn't fully commit your weight. So then he talks about how to fully commit your weight. And I thought that was really cool. Then he did the, okay, now we're going to walk with intention money bit, which I actually fell in love with. And I'm going to steal it for when I have to do some type of technique class or even considered teaching it on Thursday a little bit just so that people got a little something extra. Um, he talks about like the balls of your feet and being on the balls of your feet because every time your heel hits the ground, you have to pick your foot back up before you can step again. So it's one of those things there. It also showed, he showed the style between a flat footed vine versus the balls of your feet. He talked about like the Lindy example, um, and a jazz box example so that you can see what it was like doing a flat foot jazz box versus one where you're on the balls of your feet. Um, he talked about dancing open, very open. So he had it where you put your feet together and you put, raise your hands, which is first position. And when you raise your hands up in the angle of your feet, that is your movement, uh, a range of movement. And then he moved him into second position, which is slightly apart. And that widens your movement. Then he talks about third, which is one heel to the instep. And then if you put your hands up, it kind of makes closer to a V position. So you just slowly see the range of movement increasing with the different foot positions, which I thought was really helpful. One of the examples he used for opening up was standing as though you're waiting for the bus. And as people just naturally fell into that kind of slumped on one leg position, he'd say, yeah, okay, now look at your foot. Is it pointing out? Cause, yes, because naturally when you comfortably stand and just kind of in, in a position you're going to be in for a while, your body opens up, your toes point out as you lean to one side. You don't naturally comfortably stand with your feet parallel. Right. So if you're going to be in that open position when you're not thinking about it, then you can dance that way and it will feel just as comfortable. Exactly. Um, he talked about different styles of learning. So the people who uh, talk or call count or call uh, steps, making noises, counting it. Um, some people need to hear the music. Some people need to see what's going on. And as instructors, we need to be aware of it. But as a dancer, you really need to be aware of it because if you're one, he says, he urges people who are visual learners to f challenge themselves by going to the back of the room and working on hearing it so that they're forcing themselves to have a greater range of learning, which means when you take different classes from different instructors, you're kind of doing the same thing. You're learning different ways to learn because the teachers never teach exactly the same. Yeah, sometimes you have to translate into your mode of language even if they're not using it. Exactly. So that was, that was something that I knew I wanted to be in that class because there was going to be so much helpful information for me. So I definitely was not going to miss that. But then I think we had a lunch break. I don't mm -hmm. remember. Was it the real lunch? The provided lunch. Yes, that was the provided lunch. So they offer one day of a provided lunch. And it's typically like sandwiches, chips, some type of fruit, cookie, and a, like a soda beverage or water. And everybody who registers for the event gets one. So that's kind of cool. And we all kind of... There's two ballrooms that are opened up with tables that you can sit and eat with. 
And then we had show practice powwow meeting. Um, Which ran over a little bit into what would have been open dance. Yeah. So but we, we still had a couple songs there. We met and I was excited because this was my first official show that I was actually performing in as opposed to last year when I was just holding a flag, which still very, very important because it set the mood for what was going on, but it was a different level of responsibility this year. And we were given the option to either perform or not, but of course we all took the opportunity to be out there with our peers. Exactly. So we went over the performance, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Mm -hmm. Then we were able to open up the ballroom that we were in and do some door prizes. They have raffles, which that was one of the things I wanted to say is a lot of these events have some kind of raffle and most of them have a 50-50 raffle that half of the money goes to the winner and the other half goes to some type of charity event. And even if you buy one ticket for $1, it really does help and make a difference. And it's fun because there is that opportunity that could be the winning ticket. Mm -hmm. Yes, and this event in particular was supporting <clears throat> Hope Kids Colorado. They support families with a child who has a life-threatening medical condition by providing necessary supplies and making it possible to spend quality time together. Whatever the family needs, Hope Kids Colorado does its best to provide. 50% of proceeds from the raffle tickets went to Hope Kids Colorado. Thank you for the radio voice. Yeah. Um, I, know, I know some of them have done for uh, other ones as well that has a lot to do with line dancing or even kids in the area. K-Step for Kids. Yeah, K-Step for Kids is another one mm -hmm. that, that's pretty popular. Uh, but it's really something to consider when you go to one of these events. It's just... You know, adding, like I said, $1. I mean, you can go up much more than that. $5, $20, 100 whatever you feel like buying. But it really does go to a good cause. And then you also have the chance of winning some of that money back. And, and I think in this case, it was over $500. It was a hefty sum. So. Yeah. You could also tell just by talking, I know, in, uh, I was able to pick this up from talking to Cheryl, that they really care about these causes. And I just sort of drafted this little paragraph here based on uh, having a small conversation with Cheryl, one of the event directors. And as she was describing the organization and what they do, saying how some of the money might go to buy a Thanksgiving dinner for a family who is about to lose one of their children, or maybe uh, purchase a wheelchair for someone to be more comfortable and mobile right you could you could hear the emotion in her voice as she's describing the difficulties that these these families go through and how she wishes that she could do more than host a raffle right to help these people and and i'm so glad that we were able to do any any bit that we were able to do to further her mission in helping these families. Absolutely. Yeah. So after lunch. After lunch, we had from 2 to 2.50, Jill teaching Falling Waltz, which you know. Joanne taught The Walk and Lonely Lovers. I think I may have gone up to the room. This for, sounds like Megan took a nap. Yeah, I think I, I may have done the same up uh, on the third floor. You were down on the second. Uh, 3 o'clock, Joe taught Get Wild. John taught Get Drunk, Get Loud. Everybody was getting something in one room or the other, whether it was wild, <laughs> drunk, or loud. Four o'clock, Raymond taught Red Cadillac. Jill taught You and Me in the Country and Trickle Trickle. And five o'clock, I was down in the main ballroom yes, and ready we to teach Put the Hurt on Me. Yeah. It was a smaller crowd than some of the other workshops, as I'm sure many people were getting ready for dinner or were just spent. <laughs> and yeah. it, was all, it was a good time for that teach, though, because it's a mellow dance. And Not too many counts. 28 counts. Easy peasy. Uh, tempo of Is it uh, intermediate or high improver? I wrote it as intermediate because it has a restart and a tag. Okay. And a 16 counts and then a tag, which then restart. It's, it's, the, it's the kind of dance that does not have a one, two, cha-cha-cha, three, four, cha-cha-cha rhythm. And it has three things you need to remember. And it doesn't count straight to 32. I figured all that added up to intermediate. But 
it's slow enough that the teach of it, if paced mellowly, would not stress anybody out. And I think we all enjoyed, I know I did, uh, just hearing the music as many times as the music was played. I really wanted people to get a sense, if they hadn't heard the song before, I am still around the 300-ish mark of having listened to it on Spotify. If they haven't heard the song, or if they hadn't heard the song much before the lesson, I was going to make up for that by playing it as many times as I could um, while teaching the dance. Yeah, again, it went went really smoothly, really well. People really seemed to respond to it. And you finished... Early. So very early, but that was that was good because I was hoping that during one of these hours or fifty-minute sessions, I would have a little bit of extra time to teach a brand new dance right by my slide. Choreographed to "Beer Never Broke My Heart" by Luke Combs, originally choreographed for my friend Byron Roberson of the Country Soul Facebook page and Country Soul Podcast, uh, so that he would be able to teach a relatively not too complex dance. I don't want to say easy, but um, a beginner-friendly dance for some folks that were going to be at a gig where he would be doing some teaching. During that same hour was World for Two. So I guess, really, so with Joe teaching World for Two in the other room, it's like she was hinting that this is a world for two dances to be taught in the main ballroom from 5 to (laughs) 5.45. Yeah, which is a new Gary O'Reilly dance. What so, is? A World for Two? Yes. Yeah. So I know that there was definitely some people in there as well, but the put the hurt on me, I just, oh, that dance. I love that dance. That's, that's what I'm going to say about that. Yeah. So if anyone wants to go check that out, Put the Hurt on Me was just recently released on Copper Knob. And I'm not sure if, I mean, usually the other sites just kind of pick it up and post them themselves, but I will double check to be sure that Put the Hurt on Me is available on kickit.to as well as linedancerweb.com. And Right by My Slide, of course, was released at the same time as Put the Hurt on Me, the third in that triad being Party in the Back, the third of three of my new dances. Yep, yep, yep. Yes. Not, in court, not including Devils in the Canyon because Devils in the Canyon has a secret future release. It does, it does, it. it does. Yes. But like I said, there is a video floating around on Facebook right now. Mm-hmm. And I will be uploading it to probably YouTube or uh, uh, was it Vimo, v- Vimeo. Vimeo. Mm-hmm. Vimeo. That's where Rachel does her thing. Yeah. Um, and you can always contact us in case you're desperately, desperately seeking the step sheet. Yeah. You might be able to get a, a jump start on it. Mm-hmm. Brownie points if you record a demo because we don't have one. So. Yes. Well, we have a demo. We, are, we, just we, don't. we have like a sort of a voyeuristic recording of us demoing it to a, a crowd, but not a proper formal Rachel style. Here are all of the steps in their perfect yes. demo. And uh, you can ask for that step sheet at linedancepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. After Put the Hurt on Me and Right by My Slide, there was a dinner break. But for us, that was a bit of a shorter break because we uh, had show practice show practice uh, as part of our dinner break. I'm not going to lie. I'm weird. I love show practice. It's kind of like a secret club. I love it. I, I'm okay with not eating during dinner, as weird as that sounds, <laughs> because I can eat throughout the day. But I love show practice. I love the idea that this is something I get to be a part of, and I get to give back to all the dancers that gave to me all weekend long. Yes. Also, I feel so much more prepared and confident having done at least a couple of rehearsals. Yes. If we were just to do a once through and then perform, I would feel like I'd be doing a disservice to everyone else and they'd be able to read it on my face that I only kind of know what I'm doing. Agreed. But having show practice gives me that 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 sense that I can go into the show show uh, standing tall yes. and ready for the music and being able to put all of my energy out into the room instead of holding back some of it in case I mess up due to right. lack of practice. Exactly. Yeah. And 
I actually like that we had a little bit of show practice at lunch, had a break to let it kind of sink in, and then had another show practice a little bit later because that allowed for my body to be like, oh, this is familiar. Now I'm learning slash knowing what I'm doing mm-hmm. as opposed to just being exposed to it. At 6.30, from 6.30 to 7.30, the beginner room opened up for open dance hosted by Joanne Brady, where she talked through several dances that either people were learning on the spot or learned earlier in the day. And while that was going on... Ice cream! There was an ice cream social! Ice cream! Free ice cream social! It was wonderful. They had piles of like whipped topping that you could plop on yourself. They had sprinkles and cookie crumbles and caramel and, and fudge drizzle. And I was a bad girl and I made myself a root beer flow. They had orange soda and I they put, had root beer soda. I, I root beer and I made myself a root beer flow. And it's the first time I've had any kind of dark soda in months. And root beer was my like Achilles heel for a while there. Well, I mean, with the vanilla ice cream, it really lightened up the soda, so it's hardly right. Even a dark it was hardly soda any anymore. soda, anyways. Yeah. You can't really have a whole lot of soda with your root beer float because otherwise, it just fizzes everywhere. Yeah, it's, so it, it's like the equivalent. It was like a, sh- a shot. Yeah, I was thinking like one of those root beer car fresheners that you hang from your your rear view window or, right. or mirror. like Or one of the root beer little candies. Yeah. yeah like, like just a taste. Absolutely. So after the ice cream social or perhaps concurrently with it, there was a bit of dancing in the main room. From 6.30 to 7.30, we had just the beginners in just the beginner room. And then we transitioned into closing down that ballroom and going into the main ballroom, the big ballroom, from 7.30 to midnight. Uh, also, in, somewhere in there, we had... A performance from roughly 7:45 to 8, and roughly 8 to 8:15, we had 50/50 drawing and demos of Sunday dances. With the remaining 18 minutes, I would love to read for you all the dances that were danced at the beginner dance party, followed by the dances from the main ballroom. Starting from the top, beginner room, Mama Maria to the song "My First, My Last, My Everything." Asi to Forget You by CeeLo Green. Fading, an earlier teach. You and Me in the Country, an earlier teach. K is for kicks, which many people knew, but I still, I think, did, I, I helped with that while Joanne talked it through. And I think did a quick teach of it. I gave them a review of I Love a Rainy Night, which I had taught at Copperhead Road. Then we did Rocket to the Sun, Broken and Beautiful, Baby Westie, both of which were teaches. Come Dance With Me, and My Uber Driver, which ended the beginner dance party at 7.28 p.m. Then in the main ballroom, we had Dizzy, The Bomp, 11.59, Venotech Cha, I Close My Eyes, The Show at 8.26 p.m., Pontoon, 9 p.m., and there were two different dances that were done for Pontoon. I imagine one might have been Motorboaten. There was definitely the pontoon that we all know from events, which I believe was choreographed by Gail Smith. I could be wrong. Let me know in the inbox of lionedancepodcast at gmail.com. Uptown Funk, I wish I had had a video of, but I didn't want to upset the signs on the room walls saying no videotaping without a video pass. So I was not able to record all eight dances that were being danced. There were seven and then a couple of crazy kids from Sonoma County decided to stand in the center of the room where there was room and dance our local variety of Uptown Funk, choreographed by Carolyn Collins and I believe never set to step sheet. Nope. Nope. Then we had a floor split, The Walk, which was choreographed recently by Gerard Murphy and taught by Joanne Brady. And that was in conjunction with doing The Walk on the other side of the room. Were you doing the walk? I was doing the walk. Yes, you were. I think Cheryl was uh, near you. Cheryl and Shirley. Mm. After that, we had cruising. Oh, we never did get the name of the song that Jill used. It was very upbeat, and they said something about cruising. We'll have to ask her for that, because that was a a fun, upbeat alternative to some of the ones we're used to. Then we had Music to My Eyes, Celtic Duo, which we split with just a two-steppin', Imelda's Way, 
a special performance from Joe and Raymond that was their waltz uh, routine that they, I think, did earlier in Vegas and were able to bring to Colorado Springs as many of those people had not attended Vegas where they performed it last. Exactly. Then we had Boots, Chill Factor, Back on Texas Time, Keep It Simple, Lonely Drum, Girl Crush Split with Rolling Rhythm, Fading, Fireball, which was split with Aussie, which was split with Moving Hips, which was split with another dance, and none of the dancers were doing Fireball by Will Craig. I actually started out doing Moving Hips, and then... I thought, okay, somebody's surely somebody with all of these floor splits, somebody's doing wills. So I, stu- I stepped back when I was on a back wall for moving hips. I looked around. I didn't see wills. I saw some other fireball intermediate looking dance I didn't recognize. And then I saw Aussie in the back corner. I'm like, well, I know Aussie. I'll go to Aussie. Since I already jumped out of moving hips, I didn't want to jump back in. So I went over to Aussie. Then we had Falling Walls, Redneck Life, uh, which was a teach from the weekend, as was Falling Walls, come to think of it. Broken Stones, which is an older dance, and I actually liked that one. That was one that we followed. Yeah, I, that was one that Julie taught Joe, mm. and so it's a very special dance for them. But mm. it, I followed it, and it was pretty easy, and I liked it. Yeah. It wasn't overly complicated or anything. Then we had The Wolf, Story, and here's where we really start getting into floor splits. Story, I floor split with Cut a Rug at 10.26 p.m., and I don't know Story. I I probably could have followed it, but there was so much space on the dance floor. There was. So since Cut a Rug is by Joe, it seemed like being of about that BPM, it would be an appropriate fit. Then we had Get It Right, and I don't think I danced Get It Right. It was taught when when, um, we were there either last year or the year before. It was last year. Last year, yeah, and I didn't dance it this time. But then right after that, I was definitely out there for Put the Hurt on Me. And having seen what a small class that I had, uh, having seen what a cozy and intimate gathering developed from the 5 to 5.45 hour for Put the Hurt on Me, I knew it would be a waste of perfectly good dance floor to say, no, only my dance. We only do my dance. Only my dance. Everyone watch. Look how pretty. See, you should have been in class. Instead, I asked Joe if she'd be willing to lead Rock and Cha, which is a one-wall, very beginner dance. Anyone could pick up, I, I think. If they're comfortable with triples, they can rock, recover, triple back, rock, recover, triple forward. Repeat that, and that's half the dance. Cross rock, back rock. Let's see. Cross rock, back rock, cross rock together. And then with the other foot, cross rock, back rock, cross rock together. Again, one-wall dance. I just wanted people to dance something to the song Put the Hurt on Me by Midland. And I'm so happy she was willing to lead that. Uh, That way more people could enjoy the music. Then we had Get Wild. Definitely putting Joe to work there since that was one of her teaches. Upbeat to the max. We had Graffiti, which was split with Baby Graffiti. And again, I danced the easier of the options. Monday Morning, which was one of Raymond's not written teaches. I think it was a bonus teach. I'm so... Hot, hot, hot. Hot, hot, hot. Which was floor split with Cowboy Charleston. I thought that worked out pretty decently. Yeah, was it long? Was it hard? Was it fast? It definitely got me sweating. Okay. Yeah. I We could do that even since we're recording this on a day when I have my uh, Ronert Park retirement community, happy living, by Kojir hour-long class, and we do Cowboy Charleston every week. We could try it to that song, but I think we would need a very long water break afterward if we did that. Yeah. Yes. After that, we had Pull You Through, 100% Pure Love, Somewhere With You, and we split that. Well, actually, Joe split that with Stroll Along Cha-Cha, or Stroll Along Cha-Cha, as DJ Jeremy would say up in Reno. Uh, Somewhere With You, I think both of us did, so we were not able to join Joe for Stroll Along. Then we had Power Mix. I did not do Power Mix. I think I, I took that opportunity to sit. Did not dance that one either. Yeah. And then uh, there was a three-way floor split for the next song. Song being Look What God Gave Her, dances being Angel and Corona. Yay! Split with Hypnotized Cha. And there was still some leftover dance space and uh, a lot of beginners sitting. What so w- doing? after looking at the cheat sheet, I decided to test out Locomotion. 
Really? Which kind of worked out because there's that bit in the music where they say, woo, woo. So that was kind of fun. And then Joe joined us for that as well. She asked what we were doing, and I said locomotion. That's one of hers. So I'm glad yeah. she got to join the party. Then there was Who's Up All Night, which Joe took upon herself to floor split with Electric Slide. And Play That Sex, Yeah, by Michael Bard, 11.30 p.m. <clears throat> then The Bounce, Clap Snap, which I split with Rocket to the Sun. I think you were probably doing Clap Snap. Yes. Watch the Tempo, which I would have done. I enjoy Watch the Tempo, but instead I floor split it with Cajun Thing. Because it has those side mambos. Mm. Yeah. And then uh, Simply the Best, I don't think either of us know. Didn't we do Cruisin'? We did Cruisin'. Yes. Um, not sure who came up. Was that Joe? That was Joe. Joe. Joe decided to make that a Cruisin'. Keep It Groovin' was uh, one that Joe went out to the front of the room for, and I split that with Say La Vie Baby, that which is another was, Joe dance. That was an experience. I have not danced that dance in almost, in about a year. Mm-hmm. And I was able to, by like the third wall, restart business, get it back. And that was one of the first dances I ever learned from Joe at my first Vegas three and a half years ago. Mm. So that was shocking to me that I was able to pull that from the muscle memory. Say La Vie Baby, I thought worked out really well with it because they talk about some pretty provocative stuff. So you're doing hip bumps when they're saying, keep it, keep it grooving. Keep it, nice. keep it. Yeah. After that, we had Electric Church. Oh, actually, no. After, after that, according to my scribbles, we did Cliche Love Song. And I actually danced Cliche Love Song. This is when they were doing their power hour, yep, finishing up power. the knife. Or not the knife. The night with uh, two-minute slices of dances. Yep. And I actually fought for Cliche Love Song up to where I thought that they were going to be moving on to the next one, which was Electric Church. And then I wanted to be ready in the back of the room for whatever that would be split with. Uh, when Electric Church started playing, I tapped out the beat. It was really hard to find something that was beginner-friendly, that we hadn't already danced, that might potentially work. And what I came up with for that was Just Because. Oh, okay. And in a way, it kind of worked because you have the forward pushes and they're talking about body language, body language. So you're doing your side rock, recover, side rock, recover. Then you repeat that a couple times. And then forward on the left, you do push, 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 right side, push, push, push. And then a couple more pushes and you turn. Uh, after that, we had this one I thought was interesting. Run me like a river, split with come dance with me. Not only did the tempos work out within about, I think, three beats of each other, they both have that super long weave. Really? Yeah. Because you figure Run Me Like a River has the weave, 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 and then you reach on the right side. Arabesque. Yes. And Come Dance With Me has forward lock step, forward lock step, jazz box with the cross, weave to the right, then side and cross. Also, when it goes slightly off phrase, you guys are all doing the push back, the opening, where you twist your body and open to the left. At one point, that synced up with the side, the right side and cross of Come Dance With Me, the first of the side and crosses. That's so we fun. could push at the same time you guys were. That's Whoa. Fun. Yes. So yeah, that was the split for Run Me Like a River. We did Come Dance With Me. And then after that, we did our final dance and split of the night, Down to the Roots, split with Eye Candy. And then, well, I guess... Since Down to the Roots was the last dance, it was technically after midnight because it says that the night ended at 12.12. And I think uh, Jill mentioned that the last dance technically ended at 12.02, but she she did did. a review of Down to the Roots. Yeah, she got approval to go over the review real quick after hours. Yes, and then the night completely ended at 12.12, and we did not make the mistake that we made the previous night of staying up later than we probably should have because I had to wake up earlier than my previous days teach, which started at 10. Uh, I had to wake up in time for my 9 a.m. teach on Sunday, which was strut through my heart and baby DNCE with me. Speak for yourself. Did I you was, sleep in? I was up later than I should have been 
because we had the potential of having to fill in oh, for right. an injured instructor. I forgot that we the did next that. day. So we tried to learn the dances that particular instructor was going to need to teach. Mm-hmm. However, that instructor ended up being able to teach the dances the next day. So that was okay. And I do remember, even though we were up a little bit later than, you know, we, we, we weren't like staying up socializing or anything. Even though we were up later than we might have originally chosen for ourselves, it was all business and we were putting those movements into our body. And once we thought, you know what? We've done a solid wall, maybe a couple walls. We've got the tags. It's worth reviewing in the morning. At least we've got the foundation. Then we were ready to say, okay, how much sleep can we get before getting up in time for this 9 a.m. teach? Yep. Yep. And I had to walk to my room and decompress. Mm. Um, But one of the things I wanted to mention was just how much fun our show performance was Mm. because we did a... Draw from the hat oh my classics goodness. dances that was so and impress the judge who was Joanne Brady mm. um, competition. Mm-hmm. And I air used quotes. air quotes on that. Uh, it was a lot of fun. One, when they said this, like we weren't going to know what the dances are ahead of time. They weren't kidding. We didn't know any of the dances ahead of time. We just knew that they were going to play some music and we were going to have to know the dance. Mm-hmm. We did... Let's see. Badonkadonk was first. There was Badonkadonk. And because the intro was a little jumpy, we were not able to start on the step that we normally do, Do, which is lift, 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 right, death. We started with hustler shoot and eight ball, and we did the step left then. And we knew it was wrong, but we were also performing. We really just had to make the best of it, not stand around waiting. Yeah. Uh, I think we did all right uh, under the circumstances with the shifted counts. And it was a lot of fun because we all came in and we've been trying to bribe the judge, mm-hmm. quote unquote, Joanne, mm-hmm. um, with chocolates and flowers and bottles of wine and hotel keys and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was a lot of that kind of going on. And, you know, like people messing around and trying to get her attention of like, look at me, look at me, look at me. And, mm-hmm. you know, Jill grabbed the tiki torches and did a Jill thing and... You know, at one point, Joe's doing push-ups on the floor and Raymond's crawling around the floor. Yeah, some of the other dances included watermelon crawl when the when the crawl happened. Yeah, the um, wobble was there. Wobble, there was, a.k.a. Nasty Girl, as we mentioned in uh, another episode. Tush push. Tush push. Um, I'm a cowboy. I'm a cowboy. I was the only one, I think, to actually attempt dancing. I didn't. I don't know anything about I'm a cowboy. Yeah. So I just went on stage and tried to bar- bribe Joanne. Nice. Uh, um, have fun go mad was another one. Have fun go mad. Yeah, I remember uh, during I'm a Cowboy, Jill crawled under Joanne's chair as I was trying to shove the chocolates towards Joanne, and then all of a sudden, Jill like you just see her face staring up on the from the floor to Joanne, and so like I put the flowers over her, and then I try and bribe her again with the chocolate, and mm. and then I go behind her and like try and drag her out from underneath the chair and. It was a lot of fun. At one point, uh, John got to bring in uh, one of Joe's dogs and bribe Joanne with, uh, I think it was Barkley, actually, uh, with one of the puppies. So it was a lot of fun. Um, What are the dances? Slap and Leather was the one where we really weren't sure what to do because we know the Sonoma County version that has six slaps and SoCal does eight slaps. It's hard to tell what the rest of the country does because we go to events and they don't play slap and leather. Right. The bars all do, but not events. So we went for six and everyone else just kind of joined in on that. And hopefully it looked like we knew what we were doing. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thoroughly impressed with us getting out there as much as we did. The crowd was cracking up. Um, you just felt the electricity running through the room. I thought it was an amazing show. And then we got together to do the last piece, which they always honor any members or former members or family members of the military men and women. And we did a dance honoring them. Um, I think it was, was it American soldiers? Yes. Also, we must 
uh, message Dave and ask him for the full list of all the classics that they would have played because we yes. did not get to see what was not played. Yes, exactly. Well, for another episode of Line Dance Podcast, we thank you for tuning in. This has been Megan Marcelino with Christopher Gonzalez. Until next time, we will see, see you, you on, on the, the dance, dance floor. floor.